This morning's reading comes from 1 Corinthian, commencing at chapter 12. The reading is in two parts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to, other, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, and to another kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allocates to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, supernatural or spiritual gifts. Uh, last week uh, we looked at how seeds being planted in us and we're designed to be fruitful as Christians to produce fruit in the world. I left you with a question, well, what kind of fruit am I designed to produce? Uh, when we think about producing uh, fruit or producing an outcome, uh, the question this week is more this, what tools am I given to produce fruit? Maybe I'm mixing metaphors a bit too much here, but say you have a woodworking project that you want to work on, uh, you'd pick certain tools that would be really useful to achieve an outcome. Now, if you've got the basic tools, a hammer and some nails, a screwdriver and a saw, you might be able to achieve one outcome. But if you have better tools, generally, when it comes to woodwork, it's much easier to achieve a very professional result. Uh, as Christians, in order to produce fruit in this world, we're given tools by God. 
uh, the tools aren't the aim, uh, but they're part of what God has given us to produce an outcome. Now, you, you would say to the person that's wanting to produce a good outcome in woodwork, you're silly for not using the right tools. So that gives us guys an excuse to go to Bunnings and buy more tools, which I like. As a Christian, uh, we would be silly to not use the tools that God has given us to produce great fruit in the world. Uh, when we think about the gifts we're given by God, uh, there's, a, there's a natural gifting that all of us have. Uh, I would call uh, these our inherited gifts. So gifts handed down uh, to us, uh, whether it's that you are able to think in a particular way uh, because uh, your parents thought in that way, or maybe you're good with your hands, maybe you're uh, creative, and, and that's something that's come down your family line. The Bible very much looks at family lines who are gifted by God in order to do particular things. Uh, the, there's natural gifts that people have. Uh, when you look at the temple being built for the first time, there was uh, those who were anointed by the Spirit of God as craftspeople to craft beautiful temple uh, structures. Uh, our natural gifts are not just natural in the sense that they're plain or ordinary. They are given to us by God, uh, but often those gifts flow down our family line. So often, uh, you know, you used to get the blacksmith who had children who were also blacksmiths. Uh, we've resisted against that a little bit in the culture that we are in at the moment because you can take a diversity of abilities and apply them in different ways, but there is a natural uh, wiring that, that's come to us uh, as a result of inheritance, uh, whether chosen, so it's not formed or, or learned. It, it was very interesting discovering my sister who I'd never met uh, at this year and discovering that there were similarities uh, that were not nurture, so not nurtured up in us, but just inherent in us because of DNA. Uh, so natural gifts. Uh, the, the passage uh, this morning talks about the, the varieties of gifts. Uh, so the, there's different varieties, different service. Uh, that's some of what it's talking about, the natural gifts. Then it talks about the power gifts. And so when I speak about the power gifts, it's about the Holy Spirit empowering people. And so the different ones, it brings up a prophecy. Uh, of, it says utterance of wisdom. I think word of wisdom is a better title. Uh, word of knowledge uh, distinguishing between spirits or discernment is what it says in our text today. Tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues, faith, healing, and miraculous powers. So the nine power gifts. Uh, when, when you think about operating in our earth, God, heaven, has given us natural gifts to use on, on earth. They're given to us by him. And so they can have a, any, a positive impact for his kingdom, establishing it here on earth. But then there's also that prayer that we pray, God on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we're looking for a supernatural intervention. And so that's where the, the power gifts come in. Uh, we, we want God to intervene into our world and he will, intervenes in power. And, and so those nine power gifts are very relevant for seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, then towards the end of this passage, so those last verses, 27 and following, uh, that's where it brings in the, the ministry callings. 
Uh, in our passage, it mentions uh, the apostle, uh, the prophet, and the teacher. In Ephesians 4, uh, it speaks of the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist given to the gift as a gift to the church for the building up of the church. Uh, these may be a, a title, uh, but there's also a ministry wiring or calling. Uh, what we will do in a few weeks' time when we look at uh, the ministry callings is I'll give you a bit of a survey to fill out so that you can figure out, am I wired like the apostle or am I wired like the teacher? So the role of the apostle is thought of in terms of Roman terms. In, in the Roman world, uh, when you took over a new territory, what they wanted to bring is their, their structure of law and order, their ethics, their culture, everything that it meant to be Roman, they want to establish in this new land. The, the role of the apostle is to take uh, the teaching of, of that particular kingdom and then establish it in a new space. And so when we think of apostle, the role of an apostle, uh, someone that has that sort of heart, is about establishing God's kingdom where it is not. Uh, the prophet is about speaking uh, what God wants to say into situations to bring direction or to bring to light certain things. Uh, the teacher is about bringing understanding, uh, bringing structural framework, bringing clarity around uh, how we understand the world and the teachings of Jesus. The pastor is the shepherd person, the person that cares and nurtures. Uh, the evangelist is the one that sits on the fringe, uh, inviting people to come in, inviting them to take part, uh, going out with good news and seeking to call uh, people in with it. So, so you've got the, the, our natural gifts, uh, the nine power gifts and the ministry callings. In particular, this morning, what we're going to talk about is these uh, nine uh, power gifts. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through with a bit of a description of each of them. Uh, there's content here, and hopefully I can keep it interesting. I, th I think the gifts are very interesting as you begin to understand how God might use them uh, in his church. Uh, so prophecy is the first gift in our list. Uh, prophecy at its simplest is us repeating what we believe God is saying to us. It's more often foretelling than foretelling. Uh, in our culture, we think of prophecy or in movies or books. You might have read about prophecy. And it tends to be about telling the future, kind of like the fortune teller telling the future. When uh, the Bible talks about prophecy. The majority of it is about telling forth what is already the case, a, re a revealing of what is uh, already here rather than, uh, or helping people to come to awareness on it rather than telling what is going to happen in the future. But it does include that telling in the future. The Old Testament prophets uh, were more telling forth what God would happen in the future, so foretelling. But most prophecy, uh, when I speak of prophecy for the New Testament church, is about God speaking uh, into a, a present situation to help us see or understand. So it's for building up encouragement and comfort of the church. Uh, prophecy calls out our greatness. So prophecy is about calling people up into how God sees them, uh, reveals the secrets of unbelievers' hearts, uh, humbles them and calls them to worship God, is to equip the saints for the work of service. Uh, and, and so the way you might feel uh, if you were to receive uh, a word of prophecy from someone is like 
someone has really seen you. Not, not the way uh, you present yourself, but really seen who you are inside, has encouraged you up in that, and you, you feel a sense of fullness. Uh, in, in some ways, the, the role of prophecy is about discovering gold and bringing it to attention. So, or, or maybe uh, you're needing comfort, and the particular words that you hear uh, bring a peace to your heart in the way that other people's comforting words haven't really brought peace but words of prophecy bring peace uh, a word of knowledge so uh, is not knowing lots of things i think often uh, when the church has looked at these gifts it's put them through a very natural filter or lens uh, a word of knowledge is not knowing lots of things a word of knowledge is simply revelation about the present or the past uh, often a detail about someone's life that is revealed by God to open up the way for his ministry. Something we wouldn't know unless God reveals. He's pointing out where he is wanting to bless someone or speak into. Uh, so an, an example of this might be I was sitting down actually at the Jolly Miller with someone from a previous church and we sat down and I had this thought pop into my head. Uh, you're, you're being headhunted. And so I said this to the person. They said, actually, how did you know? <laughs> Uh, someone from another company is actually trying to get me to come and work in a position in their company and I'm not really sure whether I'm meant to take it. And so we were able to pray and discern where was God's leading in that, what was God wanting to say. So uh, something was pointed out, something was revealed that I, I couldn't have known otherwise. Uh, uh, another example, probably more recent, uh, when I was preaching last week, I told you about how the, the Christ light suddenly went... Before I even turned around, I heard a little thought in my head, the Christ light is blown. Now, that's not my language. <laughs> uh, so, but when I turned around and looked and observed, actually, that's exactly what had happened. So that will be a word of knowledge, uh, God helping us to understand or know something so that he could minister into that area. Uh, often, we as people hold our secrets or our needs really close, and so a word of knowledge can be really helpful for that. Uh, when something's gone wrong, uh, often we need a word of knowledge to help us to know where to focus. What's a word of wisdom? Uh, so these are all three of these are quite related, a word of prophecy, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Uh, so not merely human thinking. A, a lot of the time people will think, oh, wisdom is about you know stuff and have wise ideas to apply that stuff. So it's not common sense or even academic insight. It's about bringing the wisdom of Christ to bear on a situation through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So a word of wisdom instructs a believer on what to do next in a circumstance or a situation. Uh, so uh, may maybe you have uh, some, maybe uh, God's drawn your attention to something and you don't know what to do with it. Uh, the word of wisdom helps you to discern God's way in it. Distinguishing between spirits or discernment, so the, the gift of discerning the work of the Holy Spirit or demonic spirits. So it's not just the ability to see the invisible, but the power to judge what is seen, whether it's good or bad, whether it is from God or not from God. Uh, quite often in, in life we hit situations that, that appear grey, and in the middle of those situations, we, we want to know, God, what is your way? Uh, what is 
what's happening here? Is this of you or is this not of you? Uh, what is operating here? Maybe when you experience uh, someone being uh, offensive to you, a couple of weeks ago we looked at how our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces, principalities in, in the heavenly realms. Uh, so what does that mean? It's discerning, well, when, when is evil at work here? When is the enemy trying to uh, do something? Um, what is actually God wanting to do here? So that distinguishing between, which can be really, really helpful. Uh, tongues uh, is a controversial gift, but Paul said, as, Paul says, it's, I wish all of you could speak in tongues. It's, it's a gift uh, that is, uh, let me give you the definition. The, the gift of tongues is a divine enablement to speak unintelligible. When it says unintelligible there, it's unintelligible to the person who's speaking it. Inspired syllables of praise and prayer in a language one has never learned. It may be an angelic, heavenly language or human language. Maybe spoken, muttered, or sung. Uh, Romans in eight, Romans eight speaks of, of groans uh, that are in inaudible groans, and and that is a form of tongues. Uh, you think of the church in Acts two when the Spirit came with fire. Uh, they all went out speaking to the, the uh, different people who came from different lands in their heart language. Uh, they spoke in tongues. Uh, Let's continue the definition. Tongues is spoken to God, is mysteries in the spirit, is about personal edification, creates relational closeness with God as we praise and thank him, knows no language barriers, can be speaking the words of God in prophecy when interpreted, can be used in intercession for others. Uh, Interpretation of tongues uh, so this gift uh, enables a person to interpret the gift of tongues to the language of those hear- hearing. Uh, so Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, so that all people may be encouraged by what God is saying. So interpretation of tongues. Uh, faith. Uh, faith is the unusual capacity to have a greater than usual confidence in what God is intending to do in a situation and then trusting him for it until it comes. It's about believing God's promises, trusting his faithfulness in making a way. It's about us having the faith of God rather than faith in God, which all believers have. Uh, faith in God. I believe God can do this. I believe nothing's impossible with God. I, God. I believe God is able to do things. That's faith in God. I believe God can do. To have the faith of God means you believe that this is something that God is actually going to do. Uh, someone that would see lots of miraculous things happen or really significant things happen. You, you might look at Noah and say he had the faith of God. Uh, it was an outcome that in his mind there was no question. It was, it was certain. So the gift of faith to see significant things happen. Uh, healing. Uh, so the gift to serve as an instrument through which God's healing uh, may flow physically, mentally, psychologically, spiritually or relationally. Uh, so the gift is about bringing wholeness of body, spirit, soul, heart, and mind to a person. And finally, uh, miraculous powers. So a gift where someone exercising the gift invokes the miraculous intervention of God to a given situation with the result that God receives recognition for supernatural intervention. Something that wasn't there is either created or something that was there 
disappears. Something that was there, like food, may be multiplied. So think the feeding of 5,000. That's miraculous power. Jesus demonstrating uh, miraculous power. When you look at all these nine power gifts and you look through the Gospels at the life and ministry of Jesus, you actually see that he uses them all the time. He seems to know about people all the time. That's a word of knowledge. Uh, he uh, does miraculous things. Uh, he distinguishes between spirits and drives out evil spirits. Uh, we, we don't see tongues as a gift that he uses, but we, we see his faith to see God do amazing things. Uh, we see him healing many, many people. And so we see the power of the Holy Spirit as it was on Jesus had this outcome for uh, the people that Jesus ministered to. So, so how are the gifts activated or received? Uh, if you look with me in, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, right at the start it says, uh, uh, no one uh, speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What's he establishing here? He's saying, if you say I'm a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, to these people who are followers of Jesus, there's varieties of gifts. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, skip down to verse 11. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Uh, it says in the second half, uh, again, it talks about this idea of the Spirit activating us. Uh, so what does that look like? Uh, it doesn't look like Christmas where you, you just sit down and you just wait. Uh, it looks like... Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like Christmas just sitting down and waiting for a present to come. Uh, sometimes God sovereignly intervenes and we receive a gift. It's usually a response to the eagerness of heart in order to receive a gift. Uh, sometimes when you look at the Old Testament, the leaders had the hands laid on them, and the outcome of that was they received supernatural gifts. Uh, in the New Testament, when people were sent out, the hands were laid on them, and the outcome of that was they received supernatural gifts. Uh, sometimes it was the response of uh, people desiring. Uh, often when the church has looked at gifts, they've gone, well, you've either got the gift or you've not got the gift. It's not something <coughs> taught. But actually, that, that, that's a bit of a foreign concept but because the disciples, when they were sent out, they were sent out two by two to do what they saw Jesus had been doing, empowered by Jesus to do what they'd seen him, they'd already been taught. They gave it a try, and when they came back, they said, Jesus, this worked and this didn't work and Jesus said well this is because of this so we see that the disciples were actually growing up and being taught uh, gifts uh, so when we steward gifts we actually need to steward them in the same way that we steward our natural gifts none of us uh, was born out of the womb with the ability to solve complex mathematical formulas right uh, none of us uh, learned how to make things without first seeing someone else make things first. In the same way that we learn and grow in natural gifts, actually we learn and grow in supernatural gifts as well. We, we might 
have an inkling, we might have a head start, but they need to be nurtured and grown. So why why would you want these gifts? Prophecy. Do, do, Do you ever not know what to say to bring encouragement to someone, to help them, to comfort them, to strengthen them? Paul says, eagerly desire the greater gifts and includes prophecy in there because it's such a helpful gift for building up people. Prophecy. Why, why, word of wisdom. We're, we're forever surrounded by options, often two options that might appear good, and we, we need God's wisdom. Which is, the, which is the God option? Which job should I take? Which course should I do? Which way should I encourage my kid? I need a word of wisdom. I don't know if you've ever hit a situation where you're confused. You just can't figure something out. What you need is a word of knowledge, not just in a secular space, uh, sorry, in a, in a church space, but in a secular space. I know someone that uh, he used to feel bad because he would, uh, he, he worked in a, in a car auto mechanic space and he would regularly get Words of knowledge, know things about cars that he couldn't have known unless he'd looked in detail and it would take him minutes to solve car problems when he's charging the customer significant amounts of money and he would feel bad about that. Uh, A word of knowledge can be useful in bringing understanding, help us to uh, hit a place in relationship with other people that we might not have got to without uh, God giving understanding. Uh, it might come through dreams or images. Uh, it might come uh, through just a, a little thought that sits in your, the back of your head. But unless you train and you work something, you can't. It's hard to know whether it's is this God or is this uh, the, the enemy. And so, distinguishing of spirits: where's God at work, and where's the enemy at work, is really helpful. Is this a God thing, or am I just feeling excited because it's it's a me thing? Uh, tongues. Do you ever have burdens on your heart that you, you don't really have words to express as you pray to God? Tongues is a gift that enables us to communicate with God without language barriers. And that, that's probably the, the key needed for the building up of the person. So uh, interpretation. Well, if you've ever heard anyone speak in tongues, you would want to be able to interpret that. So that's a useful gift uh, so that everyone will be encouraged. Faith to be able to believe God to do far more than we could naturally achieve. That's an amazing gift. Healing, seeing people healed at every level is, is amazing to witness God do it. And miraculous powers, again, uh, makes lunch easier. <laughs> uh, we're encouraged uh, by uh, Paul with these words, strive for the greater gifts. Strive for the greater gifts. Why is that? Because uh, these are unique things given to us by the Spirit of God in in order to be able to produce fruit for God in the world. In the same way that we wouldn't ignore helpful tools for completing a manual project, as Christians, we shouldn't ignore the gifts that God wants to freely give us according to His grace by His Spirit. So what does this mean for us? Uh, a lot of times in church, uh, there, there might be surveys done so people can figure out what their gifts are. When I talk about these nine 
power gifts. I don't think a survey is the, the most helpful. A survey can tell you what you might be interested in, uh, but the best way is to discern in prayer. Uh, if you want a particular gift, to uh, have someone pray and lay hands on you. Uh, for us, I think the best space to do that is at our prayer meeting each week on a Thursday. So uh, let me put a plug there for you if you want to pray about a certain gift, if you want to discern what gifts God may have already given you. Thursday prayer is a really good space for us to discern and grow in gifts. Uh, I, and I, I think they're really useful. So let's pray. Uh, God, uh, thank you that in your grace uh, you have given each of us the, the gift of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that as we receive your Spirit, we are swept up into life with you. Uh, we pray that you will pour uh, your Spirit into us with, with more abundance, Lord, that the, the gift of your Spirit, the grace of your Spirit will become evident to us, Lord, that we may use these gifts, Lord, to uh, be a blessing to the world, produce great fruit in the lives of other people. Uh, thank you, Lord, that, uh, that there's no fear in love. And that as you love us and, and call us to use gifts, that we, we don't need to be afraid, uh, stirring our hearts at excitement for the gifts you call us to pursue. Uh, we pray, uh, Lord, that we would have your wisdom uh, to know uh, how you're calling us, how you're wanting to grow us as a church in this area. Our heart and longing as a church is to uh, be fruitful for you. Uh, thank you for the way that you feed and you nourish us. As you feed and nourish us, Lord, uh, bring an overflow in our, our minds and our hearts and our lives, Lord, that we would uh, have food to share with others. Uh, Lord, as we continue to think about our natural gifts, uh, the, the way you've wired us to serve uh, you in ministry uh, in this world and uh, the way that you might want to gift us uh, in power, uh, Lord, uh, lead us forward in confidence by your Spirit. Teach us, grow us, uh, fill us with hope. Uh, Lord, we want to bring before you a world that uh, needs your kingdom established more than anything. Lord, we bring before you uh, our, our political situation, even as a country where we're very much uh, divided, uh, where division gets in the way of achieving necessary outcomes. Uh, we, we pray, Lord, that you would raise up people who are gifted and called by you and that you would miraculously, Lord, make a way for us to be able to care well for, for the people of our country and raise up leaders who can do the same. Uh, Lord, as we think of the need uh, of those in need at a very local level, uh, we pray for Tony with his operation and Bev as she supports him. Uh, may you uh, give her the encouragement uh, that she needs to bring encouragement to him. Uh, Lord, we, we continue to pray for Ellie. and We pray, Lord, that you would miraculously heal her. Uh, we, we pray for a restoration to full health for her. 
so it's the Lord's uh, gift to one or many of us to pray for her for fullness of healing uh, through her body, Lord. Uh, Lord, we, we pray uh, for those, and you might like to mention just in the silence, those who are concerned in your heart at the moment. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would stir up in us, uh, Lord, the gift of prophecy, Lord, that we will be able to speak in words of encouragement, strength and comfort, uh, that you give us that gift of wisdom and discernment, uh, that, Lord, you would help us to know and understand your ways better, that we can partner with them in this world. Uh, we pray this all in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.